Hey, I gotta tell you guys about something, and I'm really excited to talk about this because I got a brand new front door lock. And it's not just any lock, it's a Eufy video lock. You might be thinking, what's the big deal, Chael? Well, okay, I'm gonna tell you. First off, it is sleek. I mean, it's a very big deal. My father used to build houses. My whole life, I've known how important curb appeal is. I used to be in real estate. When I show somebody a house, the front door is the very first thing you see. This thing is a piece of art. It truly is, and it's such a good looking piece of hardware. It instantly upgraded my front door. I was excited about the functionality. So not only do I get an instant makeover with a piece of art, you now have a different level of protection. It's a smart lock. It's got a 2K camera with audio and doorbell all in one. Most competitors are either just a camera or a smart lock. The Eufy Video Lock has both plus a doorbell and it can all be controlled via an app, which makes things so convenient. I hate when I hear the doorbell ring and I'm comfortable inside. I gotta get up, go to the door, just to find out it's a delivery man who dropped the package and is already long gone. The Eufy Video Lock now allows me to avoid all of that. I can just peek at the app. I can even talk to him or hear him talk back to me. Also, my wife and I travel a lot. It's an added level of security at my front door and it makes me feel a little bit more at ease. It was very easy to install. No, there are no monthly fees for the security video storage. The battery is rechargeable and each charge lasts about four months. The Eufy Lock is fantastic and I highly recommend it. Search Eufy Video Lock online. Do that by going to Eufy, E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com backslash video lock to see how you gain complete control of your door. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday! And thank you for joining another special episode of your welcome. Guys, it was a historic weekend out of Salt Lake City and coming up on today's show, I'm going to react to the craziness we saw at UFC 278 Plus. I want to discuss the future of the welterweight division. I'll tell you why I don't want Luke Rockholt to walk away. And I'll also break down something interesting that Joe Rogan said about Diaz versus Jemayev. All of that coming up later in today's show. But first, I want to start with my reaction to Edwards beating Usman. Well, guys, I mean, where do we begin? You have to have these moments. We, we as fans, we got to have these moments every two or three years. You could put five years between, but we have to have these jaw-dropping, oh my goodness, that is what dreams are made of. That is why this sport is so awesome moments. We must have it. And we will forget, guys. We will forget what happened tonight in a very short period of time. And we will come back to the invincibility factor. We are searching for this as fans. And we do it time and time again. And as soon as the guy that we think is invincible proves to be human, we will instantly latch to somebody else and decide that is the invisible, uh, invincible person. We will even do that as competitors. And you guys can relate. Even if you played that little game when you were nine years old, little something in PE there in junior high, wouldn't matter what your level of athleticism was, you in your mind believed there was somebody 
that was so good and so dominant they could just put you on your finger and just spin you around. There is no such thing. This is real life. The UFC slogan, as real as it gets. Guys, great slogan. I mean, don't you think? Has anything proven to be more true than the slogan that they picked, probably arbitrarily, way back in the day to some dude that never even got credit? He should get his credit because he was right. It's as real as it gets. Do you want to know what I saw from Kamar Usman tonight, guys? Do you want to know what I saw? I saw the greatest combat athlete possibly that I've witnessed. Possibly. Kamara Usman was doing things tonight that you cannot do. Let me just give you an example. Kamara Usman dropped a round. Now, when you lose a round or you lose a situation in a way that when you envisioned all the possibilities that could happen, it was last. Expect the unexpected, right? The old Bruce Lee. Yeah, okay. Kamara expected to be taken down. He expected that last. On all of his things he prepared for, being fully mounted by a Brit who's never wrestled after getting taken off of your feet in the very first round and dry, was the last. When you have those moments and you survive, he comes back, wins the next round. Kamar Usman was working the body tonight. You have not seen that. Now, you might be able to challenge me. If you are really good and you watch, but not with the big names, You'll never find a time in George St. Pierre's career that he worked the body. I'm not talking about a body shot. I'm not talking about touching the body. Working the body. Boom, boom. You're staying. You're bent down. You've changed elevation. You've got to send. You're working the body. You don't see that. You see that in boxing. You don't see that in MMA. And it's for a good reason. In MMA, you change elevation. Guy grabs you by your head and knees you in the face. Kumar Usman never did it except when Leon was against the fence. He's working the body. Something that you've never seen George St. Pierre do. You've never seen John Jones do. You've never seen Khabib do. Kumar Usman did in three different rounds. I was watching one of the greatest talents I have ever seen. That's what I was watching. And what I was reminded of tonight is that he's a human being. The idea that you can... Somebody goes up on your finger and just gets spun around. It's just not true. Now, when you talk about what dreams are made of, there was something very different tonight. In fact, let's let's keep Leon as the divisible. Let's take a look at a different denominator. And I realize I said those wrong. Nate Diaz. When Nate Diaz caught Leon in the fifth round, it was very different because Nate had never changed. Nate was in there with a guy who was faster than him. He was in a guy there with a guy who looked like a better fighter. Fine, but that was that was A to Z. That was minute one, minute 14, and then in the 24th minute when this happened. It was the same thing. Nate was coming after him looking for that home run. All night we knew it was coming. That wasn't the situation with Leon. Leon was broken. It's a terrible insult to say to a fighter. But when I'm going to compliment the fighter, I feel as though that exception can be made. Dean Thomas, who's a tremendous addition to the commentary time, they bring Dean, and Dean's got to fly out and get a hotel and put on the fancy suit. He talks for less than 60 seconds, but they're valuable 60 seconds. Every time he comes on, he said something great tonight. Dean Thomas said, Leon Edwards is broken. And he said, and I'll tell you how I know, when he was in the corner, with his coach, it's a father figure, your coach, oh, your co- it's a big deal. Leon couldn't look him in the eye. And the reason he couldn't look him in the eye is because he was ashamed. He felt as though he had let him down. Now, I've never heard that. 
It's accurate, and I knew it was accurate as soon as Dean Thomas said it. Now, Dean Thomas is a coach. Make sure you understand that. Dean Thomas is an athlete, but he's also a coach, and now he's a commentator. He's been on all sides. and It was, it was very insightful. As simple as it might sound, but it's true. And when a guy breaks, he does not come back. I have seen a man break in a fight and win the fight one time in my life. It was Randy Couture versus Pedro Hizzo won. And I'll tell you one person that was surprised Randy Couture won was Randy Couture. In all fairness, that's my one exception. But Randy didn't think he won the fight. He did win, so I got to say him. So it's very close to me telling you, it's, I've just simply never seen it. And you haven't either. And that's in any sport. When a team checks out, they just can't come back. You check out because of exhaustion. Nothing that breaks you more than that. There's things that might knock you down. There's things that might make you yell, ow. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about tapping. I'm talking about when I now just need to get through the night. Daniel Cormier was weighing in on that. And again, this comes from the athlete in Daniel who knows your goals will change. Leon showed up to be world champion. His goals changed as that night went on. Very normal. So for Leon to throw that setup, watch Kamara dip, throw that kick, land it perfect, become the champion of the world, it was just an amazing moment. But I don't want you to miss why. Now, Leon's celebration was as sincere as anything I have ever witnessed on television. And it was awesome. And for Leon to have that recognition, to be brought to tears, to talk about he was born in Jamaica and he had nothing. He promised his mother he was going to change her life. And look at me now, I'm the world champion. This was awesome. But I want you to share in it. Sometimes it's hard to get behind sports guys. Well, they're famous. F them. They're rich. F them. Everything's going great. They got all the girls and they got the plane. They got the big house. And whether they win or lose, they go put their head on a big old bag of money. That's not what you saw tonight. Leon is not those things. That will change. Leon's life will be very different. He, that's, it's not, that's not. That's not what this is. That was a young man with a dream who had an opportunity to quit, who was frustrated. He was breaking rules. I mean, Herb Dean had to stay. Herb Dean did a great job, but there was a lot of rules broken. And the only reason Herb didn't take points away, by the way, is because it would not impact the fight. Kumar was running for that. I mean, I'm just sharing with you. He was a very frustrated man. And when he landed that kick, it was incredible. It was incredible. But it also set something up, guys. Kumar Usman, right or wrong, has been chasing the ghost of George St. Pierre. Very hard to compete with the memory of the most loved fighter ever. It's just hard. But Kamara Usman finds himself now in the exact spot of the guy he's been chasing. Which is he was upset and finished in a world title fight that wasn't supposed to happen. What does he do now? That really is the story right here for Kamara Usman. The, the story of Kamara Usman and being the greatest welterweight ever and being the pound for pound, great, none, none of those things are gone. No, 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 no. They just began. They just began. 
It is very hard to do big business when people think you're invincible. People start caring, people start expecting, people booed at one point during this fight. I don't, I don't begrudge those fans, but there was nothing about that fight that was boring. They're just dealing with the greatest and they want to see and just nonstop action and violence. Domination. You had two guys trying, two guys were struggling. You have a massive upset. You have a wonderful moment for Leon. This is all about Leon. This is Leon's night. I am blown away. And truly, I am happy for him. And I am happy he's got his mother. And I mean, I, I don't know their backstory, but I do know that it was tough. This is an amazing moment for all of England, who I believe only has had one champion ever in the form of Michael Bisping. It's an amazing moment, but it's not the only part of the story. If Kamara Usman wants to surpass George St. Pierre, Kamara Usman has to do what George St. Pierre did. And he would have not been given that opportunity had he not taken that kick. I mean, that is the other side of this coin. It's not going to look that way tonight. Not going to look that way tomorrow for a couple of weeks. But mark my words, it's very important. And what does he do now? We didn't see Kamara get up and cry. We didn't see Kamara make an excuse. We didn't hear Kamara talking about he was grabbing the fence. He was grabbing my glove. He didn't talk about anything. He didn't storm out of that cage. He stood there like a man and he shook hands. And he watched his belt go to somebody else. The same thing that George St. Pierre did. Do not lose sight of what this story is. There is an avenue for both. I assure you, not going to be fun tonight. Ollie's not going to love this tomorrow, neither is the team. In a few months, as this unfolds, as this develops, what's going to happen next? If anybody is a number one contender for Kamara's belt, it's Kamara. If anybody deserves the right to fight Leon, it's the guy that not only was just about to beat Leon, is the last guy to beat Leon, which is Kamara. That doesn't mean that's going to happen. That's not a guarantee. That's not how this works. You have injuries. You have things that have to be looked at. You got to hear from commission. There's things that have to happen. I'm speaking to you moments before Dana White goes to the Odetas at the press conference. He might have just smashed, he, or getting ready to smash everything that I just said and says that's the next fight we're going to do. But it's not guaranteed, and we just saw this at light heavyweight. Very similar to what I just described. Glover Teixeira did end up with the shot, but it was a couple of months went by. It's a good six weeks went by. There's a big debate that goes on. I'm only sharing for you. There's, there's multiple avenues here. Kamara is trying to forge his own path. I don't take a pleasure in telling you he's chasing the ghost of St. Pierre. It's meant as a compliment. Kamara has done everything. He's lapped the division. He's done everything. He has dominated. But he still has to live with that comparison. And finally, he will have the opportunity to prove where he stands. So guys, all of a sudden, 170 pounds has become the most interesting division in the UFC. There's all sorts of matchmaking combinations. And right now, let's dive a little bit deeper into it. What an incredible weekend we had. Historically speaking, by the way. I mean, 10 years from now, we're still going to be remembering and talking about the night that Leon became world champion starting Kamara Usman. With all of that said, which is all true, it's Tuesday and we're moving on. Now, the UFC went first. UFC dropped a trailer today for Diaz versus Chimaev. This trailer and the folks that made it, this it's nothing short of perfect. And Diaz versus Chimaev isn't going to work. It still doesn't work. 
It's not going to work until about four days before the fight. And then it is going to go off the charts. This fight is built around one thing. And you don't have it yet. You won't have it. This fight's September 10th. You're not going to have this till about September 6th. What if? The whole fight is about what if. You could make posters and billboards and stick them around Las Vegas. And don't put Diaz or Chemayev on it. Put their faces and put what if. Everything is hanging on that question. And as each day goes by, Diaz starts to look a little bit better. Not just my opinion, not just your thoughts. The line in Vegas is starting to shorten and it's going to continue. This thing opened up. I happen to be in this chair, just for perspective from my standpoint. I was in this chair when that fight got announced. I looked down at my phone. DraftKings had this as an eight to one spread. Favorite Jemayev. I came back here 24 hours. It was 12 to 1 Jemayev. It had swung that far. This is closed. And just so you understand, this is going to come as close as 6 to 1. Good spread. Don't deny that. Try to prove a different point. Which is, this is one of those fights from a promotional standpoint. As it gets closer, that fire is going to burn more and more. And when the hell does happen? What are you going to do if you have a magic wand at 170 pounds? Yesterday, if you would have had that authority, you would have made Kamara Uzman versus Leon, but today you've got a little bit different information. George Mosel has positioned himself very well for Leon Edwards. I don't predict for you that George is going to go and get a world title fight. However, I do think that George owes Leon a fight. And I think that you guys all agree with that as well. I think that George has owed Leon a fight for a meaningful period of time. George gives a three-piece and a soda to Leon. They're, they're, they're both equals at that point. People know who they are, and they got some experience, and these are sure respected and tough guys. From that point forward, Leon stays where he's at, everything that I just named, which is all positives, but George goes on to be the second biggest star in the entire sport. I mean, George's rise was meteoric. How do you feel if you're Leon? You're ranked in front of a guy. You got punched four times and never answered for it. You don't get a shot to get in the ring and do it for political reasons surrounding it being caught on video. I mean, how do you feel if you're Leon? So it's one of those positions where most definitely I do think that George Mosvall and Leon should get matched up. I do think that enough period of time has gone by. I do think that that should happen. I also think that we should preserve the idea that Chemaya versus Diaz is a number one contenders match. Now, Diaz is all done and walking out. We all know what that means when we say there's going to be a number one contenders match. We don't say it, but we, if Chemayev wins. And Giddy Chemayev, who was one win away from fighting for a world championship. Guys, this goes back to the pandemic. I've lost track of time. It's roughly two years, but Chemayev was signed. Done. It was signed. He was going to fight Leon. Chemayev had no ranking. Leon was number three. The way that they got Leon to agree to give this very potential-driven, unknown young man named Chemayev an opportunity was to tell Leon, it's a number one contender's fight. I know this isn't the fight that you wanted. I know somebody's got to jump on a grenade. It's going to be you. But if you do it and you succeed, here's the big basket of gold that you get. I bring that to you because that's not just from Leon's perspective. That was also Chemayev's. Two years ago, Chemayev, who has not lost sense, who's been absolutely perfect, two years ago he was promised a number one contenders match. Well, how could it be promised that two years ago, not get beat in between and not have it be true? Well, if you follow the story, you know that different things happened. You understand how we got to this spot. But at the same time, where Chemayev 
would be in a very good position to go out and fight anybody you want, no matter what they were ranked. He ends up drawing Diaz. Are you going to take away an opportunity from Chimaev? I know I said a lot of things right now, but you have to take all of these things into consideration. You really do. You have Colby Covington, who appears to be sidelined. I mean, he, ju he just appears to be out right now. What are you going to do? If you've got this magic wand and you get away, but what do you do? Because right when you think you have the answers, you get confronted with the idea that Kamara Usman is now a contender. Kamara Usman is no longer a champion. He is now a contender. And there's a part that has to be responsible. You want to do the right thing, which is to give Kamara Usman, who has been perfect, you want to give him the opportunity that he just gave to somebody else. Sure you do. There's another side. Have we heard from the commission? Have we heard from doctors? What is the suspension? How quick do you want to turn a guy around? Who not only got knocked down for his first time, he got knocked out. Getting knocked out is very rare. You go read records. You'll see the guys were knocked out Saturday. You'll go read those records. It's not true. Getting your fight labeled a knockout, getting it called a knockout and being knocked out are very different things. So, of course, Kamara's going to come to, of course, he's going to be demanded that he wants this. Is it the right thing? Do you need to pause him a little bit? Say, hey, Kamara, here's, here's what happens, historically speaking, two guys that get knocked out. If they just take a little bit longer break than they want to, guys from yesterday tend to come back stronger and last a little bit longer. How much do you want to have that conversation with him? And how much of it is it even your business to do? If he wants to jump up and say, I'm ready to come, what do you want to do with that? I'm just, I'm asking the question. You're then confronted with the fact that Rachmanov, who also has a perfect career, but is not yet a star, it appears that he's drawing a Wonder Boy. That match has to matter for both guys. Why is Wonder Boy who's a former title challenger multiple times over, I might add, jumping in there with stylistically a problem, right? You got striker versus grappler, not to mention a young guy, not to mention, it's very obvious to Wonderboy why he's getting the call to take on Rachmanov. Okay, fine. Sometimes you got to go do the J-O-B in exchange for it. If I do go do the job, what do I get? That's largely what pushes his business forward. Largely how you get those matches with some type of an incentive. I'm just asking the question. How long are we going to let Gilbert Burns, purely from an ethical standpoint, how long are we going to let Gilbert Burns go out there and do things that nobody else is willing to do before we reward him for that? Oh, and by the way, while you're thinking about all of this, you now are confronted in the back of your mind with the memories that Kamara Usman is now a contender. It's a very tough spot. It's a wildly difficult proposition. And why you think you have this magic wand that I've just handed you and you're just creatively going to put this together, don't forget, right? Can't ever forget. We now have somebody else's opinion who absolutely matters and that person is named Leon. What does he want to do? We have to factor that in. Leon has come out and said, if Nate Diaz beats Jemayev, I will definitely give Nate Diaz an opportunity. But you got to think about it from Leon's perspective. Leon's not calling somebody out that he beat four rounds to one. He's calling somebody out that took all of the credit. Nate Diaz won that night. That was the third fight from the top, just to put it pers for perspective. The third fight from the top, the guy who was defeated in Nate Diaz, is he's going to be a main event. Nate Diaz won. He had the high spot. He laid his case out. Everybody went with it. So if you're in Leon's pursuit, it doesn't matter that you won. That's the guy that people are asking you about. That's the guy that people are questioning you about. 
That's the guy that people are telling you all over your social media and any other form of access that you have that if he knew how bad you were hurt, if he had 30 more seconds, if he would have followed up with a hook, you would have been done. You would have been beaten. You'd have never got in there with Kamar Usman. You can see from Leon's perspective, he's not going after a match that he believes he can win. He's going after a match that he needs to prove to you guys that he did, in fact, win. It's very different. It's not as obvious as you think. And I sit to you here on Tuesday morning. We're already moving on. It's a very interesting spot, guys. Because if you come up and you tell me what you're going to do, who you're going to put against Leon. Oh, and by the way, it doesn't involve Kamara and it doesn't uh, involve Chemayev. You're now talking about having K Kamara and Chemayev both in the contenders pool. You're talking about potentially having Kamara Usman versus Chemayev for a number one contenders match. You're talking about possibly having Kamara Usman versus Chemayev if they were both available. If that's not the person that you moved into the finals against Leon in a co-main event spot for 15 minutes as opposed to 25, which is a very different match. Do you see where gamesmanship comes in here? Kamara Usman, very likely, I haven't spoke to him, I'm not going to reach out for him a couple days, but very likely doesn't want anything, can't even sleep. All he can think about is Leon and get me back in there and do it immediately. But imagine a little bit of time went by. And somebody explains to him, hey, your paths with Chemayev are going to cross. You're aware of that, right? Yeah, I'm aware of that. Is that a pretty hard fight in your opinion? Yeah, it's a pretty hard fight in my opinion. Okay, listen, I have a way. I have a way to get you with Chemayev and get him in the rear view. And I have a way that you're only going to have to be out there for 15 minutes. Kamara's all of a sudden going to listen. So now you don't know which way this gamesmanship is going to go. Are you guys following what I'm talking about? It's, it's not as obvious once a little bit of reason comes in, once a little bit of time comes in. Hey, Kamara, you're going to have to fight your, your, your biggest rival, Colby Covington. However, this time, you're only going to have to do it for three rounds. I mean, all of a sudden, you've got Kamara's attention. Where is he going to position himself once reason starts to come in? Right now, we're operating on emotion. I don't have the answer to that. It's Tuesday, and we're moving on. That's the only thing that I know for sure. Level with me. We've all been in a situation at some point in our lives when we got a little tight on cash. Maybe you could only afford to put a few gallons of gas in your tank. Or you were just told you need a new set of tires and you're wondering how you're gonna afford them. That's where Dave can help. Dave is a banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly by signing up for their extra cash account. That's more money to fill up your tank or to catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those unexpected expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, listen to Uncle Chael and go to the App Store and download the Dave app right now. That's Dave. D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. The future you will thank you. Oh, guys, guys, guys. Self-awareness is hard. Can we admit that? Can we admit how difficult that is as human beings? I don't know that I know of anybody more unaware of what's around them than Luke Rockhold. 
Luke made this week fun. Luke made tonight fun. When you talk about the greatest middleweights of all time, now, every anytime we have that conversation, we never have that, do we? We say we're having it. We're saying we're having the greatest of all time. We never do. We have a resume conversation in all sports. I mean, I heard this many years ago between, between uh, who's that dork with the Laker? LeBron. LeBron versus that other nerd, Jordan. But it was never about who could get inside. It never about who, who could score more three-pointers. It was never about who could do more, more assists or rebounds. It was about Jordan had won six championships and LeBron had won three. I realize those numbers have changed. But I'm sure this was always a conversation. And therefore, Jordan was better. So it's one of these things. We always start comparing resumes. You want to talk about who the absolute greatest, what you're having a conversation. You're talking about who the greatest ever is. You're having a conversation. Of all the guys at middleweight in the upper echelon, on their single greatest night, had they met up with anybody else, who would have won? And I'm telling, if you want to have who the greatest middleweight of all time is, it might be Luke Rockhold. Truly. The Luke Rockhold that defeated Chris Weidman, I'm not convinced there has been a middleweight yet that can beat him. And maybe there is. I'm telling you, I'm not convinced. That's how good... Luke is. When I talk about Luke not being aware, Luke's never been a higher demand. Luke is a star. Luke was a star coming into tonight. Luke arguably was the biggest star on the card. He got more questions at the press conference. He commanded more time at the media. That's a damn good focus group. You get everybody else up there who's getting the attention, right? It's one of those things. He might be. I would never be more excited to hear from Luke, to see from Luke, to get to know Luke, and to watch Luke than I am tonight. He doesn't know. He didn't know it was a great performance. He retired. We have to take that back. There's never a time we've wanted to see Luke more. He was exhausted. You know, when you get exhausted, guys, there's things that can happen, but you've heard this expression. I won't act like it's my own. I'm just coining it. Fatigue makes a coward out of all men. It's very true. No matter how tough you are, when you're exhausted, you are now vulnerable and you are frightened. You become a coward. Luke was exhausted, which, by the way, can happen for many reasons that have nothing to do with your preparation, believe it or not. That have nothing to do with your diet and how serious you took the match, how many hours of sleep that you got, how much you listened to your coaches, and how much road work you went. There's things that can happen, particularly when you're at elevation. There's just things. There, there's moments and there's scrambles that can just take it out of you. So whatever happened to Luke tonight, I don't know, but it happened in the first round. Not at the end of the first round. You saw him tired at the end of the first round. It, it had happened prior to that. He just hadn't shown it. So he now has two more rounds with a guy that's called the Terminator. And Luke stood his ground. If there was fighting to be done, Luke was fighting. If there was a scramble to be had, no matter how tired he was, he was scrambling. If there was a punch to be slipped or to be eaten or to be thrown, he was doing it. And he was doing it with full power. Luke Rockhold was awesome. He was awesome. Tonight, Paulo Costa was supposed to win. He's the younger guy. He's the more excited. He showed up to the press conference a little happier. He's betting on himself. His contract's up. He's got an avalanche of pressure. Stealing that phrase from John Anik, you got Rock Call says, I don't care if I ever do it again. I mean, in fairness, Luke put himself in a great position, took all the pressure off himself. Luke did a great, everything was great. 
It truly was, including the fight, including the performance, including the highlight moments, smearing his blood on him, and it was disgusting, and it was incredible TV. It truly was. If you go back and you rewatch that on slow motion, don't just look at what Luke was doing. Make sure you watch Paulo Costa because Paulo got it and he smiled. <laughs> okay, I mean, this was a great moment, guys. That's as close as those two are ever going to come to bonding. Like, Luke's not going to send out a tweet tomorrow and thank Paulo Costa. It's not going to happen. Luke's going to live the gimmick all the way to the end. And Luke has never been wanted. Nobody wanted. They never wanted him as much. He had a standing ovation. It was an absolute incredible night. Whatever Luke does next would be a huge... I don't think he should retire. I don't think he felt good. I think he judged himself on that. I don't think he's aware of how much he pushed through. I don't think he's aware of his output. I don't think he knows how many times he hurt Paulo. I don't think he knows about all the takedowns that he stuffed. How many times he scrambled and got up off the bottom. The way the crowd was responding. Oh, and not to mention you dealt with something in the first round. That was something that created a fatigue, created an exhaustion. He never backed down. I didn't know Luke was that tough. I really didn't. I knew Luke was good. Luke on the ground is something else. Go back, look at Luke's record. Go to SureDog right now, pull it up. You'll be stunned how many submissions there are. He submitted Michael Bisping. Who does that? He dominated Tim Kennedy for five rounds. He submitted Lyoto Machida. I mean, this is off the top of my head, guys. This guy's incredible. Truly, an incredible fight. I knew all those things about him. That isn't new to me. He's long. He uses that left kick wheel. He's got a good cross. I mean, I know all of these things. Being dog tough, he's out there. Something's wrong with his shin. I don't know what it is. To the point that he had to go to the commission and get a special rap. I didn't imagine there was an open sore or something like that. That was the number one weapon that he used. He used his hurt leg. We're going to take this back. We have got to take this back. Luke said that he's old. He just went 15 minutes with a guy they call the Terminator. There's nothing old about Luke Rockhold. He was at elevation. He got tired. He fought a damn good fighter. So what? Luke's attempting to resign. We don't accept it, Luke. We don't accept your resignation. You still work here. So as I mentioned, Paulo Costa was very angry on Friday because USADA knocked on his door hours before he was set to weigh in. I personally am bothered by it, and I got something I need to tell Dana White and the UFC brass. Dana White issued an apology to Paulo Costa. Guys, here's what happened. 6.30 in the morning, Paulo Costa, it's weigh-in day. Now don't forget, Weigh-ins open at 9 a.m. They go to 11, they open at 9. Doesn't matter where you are. Everybody uh, observes the same thing. Within their time zone, it'll be 9 to 11. Very relevant because at 6.30 in the morning, USADA decides they want Paulo Costa for a drug test. Now, one of the things that makes USADA great, one of the things that only not only make them effective, but it makes them respected, is they don't answer to anybody. Here's the bylaws. Here's the rules. There's not many of them. They exist, but there's not a lot. Of, they have free reign. To the point that while it's not literal, USADA can and will come test you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. It's not literal. If you really read it, but I'm close. I'm close enough for the average person. I'm close enough that people say it. I'm close enough that USADA will come out and say it. Now, dehydration, guys. Here's why Dana White apologized. Dana apologized because they came and they got Paulo. So they interrupted what he needed to do. 
and he's on the clock. It's very relevant. He's on the clock. Clock is, he's got to get this weight off. He's got to get this sweat going. Oh, and by the way, he's all got to do it by a certain period of time. Now, a guy should always weigh in at 9 a.m. The guy that's hurting the most and the guy that's cutting the most weight will come through that curtain first. That is opposite of what many of the fans believe. Many of the audience will believe the guy that comes in with three minutes left, oh, he was cutting the most weight. He was hurting the most. It's not always like that. A guy will get his weight down and he'll hold it. He'll freeze right there and then he will, he will count the minutes. He cannot wait. He cannot go an extra second. He's that thirsty. It's the focus, not to mention your recovery. Whenever you come in between that clock of, of 9 and 11, that also adds to your recovery. It's very relevant. All of this is very relevant because Dana came out and said, that's not going to happen again. I promise you right now, that's not happening again. Now, Dana's given these organization $11 million a year. Dana White's opinion matters. It's important that Dana wins this, though. If USADA wants to get in a head-to-head -head and say, here are our bylaws, here are our rules, and you, whether you pay us or not, your opinion doesn't matter, which is generally how they would do it. But Dana needs to win this. And here's the thing, and I don't condescend to you. I'm going to tell you, you'll never understand. I'm just about to say it to you, but I'm not saying it to condescend. It is a very rare human being that will ever experience dehydration. Doctors love to throw this term out. You ever go in the emergency room, it doesn't matter if you broke your leg, whatever you did, they're going to put an IV in your arm. There are books written and people are carrying water. Right? You ever see these nerds? They're carrying water around and then they drink it in front of you and they tell you, oh, this is my fifth one I've had today and i got to stay hydrated. You're not going to become dehydrated if you don't want to. Now, if you're stuck in a desert somewhere, I understand we're having a different conversation. How would you become dehydrated? Tell me how that would happen. There's a water fountain everywhere. Parks have them. Restaurants have them. Your home has, you can go to a hose on the side of the road if you want. I mean, in all fair, how are you going to get dehydrated? If you're thirsty, go drink something. It's very relevant that I say that because I know that you guys have heard opposite. Oh, no, a person can become dehydrated. No, they can't. And unless you wanted to be hydrated, which wouldn't represent very many of you, you never have and you never will. Shut up with the dehydration. It is an extremely difficult thing to go to that you go through by choice. I want to hear about the guy in the desert. I, please, please don't do that. I get that there's exceptions, but I'm sharing this with you because people do not understand it. It is torture. It is terrible. It is part of our game. There is no job in the world literal statement where they will weigh you in before they allow you to do it. You would be sued. You would have the ACLU and everybody else on you. You would have a class action that would make your head spin. You cannot weigh someone in and then decide if they get to go to work. Unless you're in this one. The only profession in the world. So dehydration is an extremely rare thing. One thing that USADA needs from you, they need your blood. Well, the reason that makes them so effective. They need your urine. Very important that they have both. There are different drugs that will only show up in urine and different ones that will only show up in blood. Very important that they have both. No problem here. USADA, to put this in perspective for you, by the time they lay eyes on you, okay, they knock on your door, they come to your house, and you don't have to pee. No problem. But the time that I see you, I now never don't see you until I have your pee. If you need to go and shower, if you need to, whatever it is, you, I come with you. 
You say I can't come. You say that's private. No problem. I'm on my way. You flunked. It's important that you understand this, and the fighters do. It's a pool, and it's an elective pool. They've all agreed to these things. But Paulo Costa, who woke up at 6.30 in the morning and is, at least by belief, dehydrated, how does he produce that? When Paulo Costa talked about it, he said that USADA came to him and wanted his blood. He never talked about the urine. There's a chance there's something here and old Chael doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm talking about a standard USADA test. They're going to take your blood and they're going to take your urine. Paulo said that they took his blood. I trust that they took his urine. And I'm just trying to share why it's so important that Dana gets this one. That can take a meaningful period of time. You could be fully hydrated and you just don't, you can't, you can't produce urine. You could then go drink and drink and have all these gallons of water. Okay, great. You still can't produce the urine until X amount of time goes by. Paulo's on the clock. Paulo does not have 40 minutes to give to this. He does not have an hour to give to this. Statistically speaking, if you guys want to go and Google this and look this up, it will take between 45 minutes and an hour and 15 minutes until you have to pee. So even if he tried to force himself, he can't do it. He's dehydrated. What's he going to do? He's going to go drink water. It's what you guys would do. If I came to you and told you there's a urinalysis, you must give it to me and I'm not going to leave you until you do. You will start drinking water. Paulo can't drink water. He can't put anything into his body. As a matter of fact, he's trying to take water out of his body. It's a really tough spot. It's a really tough spot. It, it was very honorable and it was very polite that Dana apologized to him. It was very honorable and polite that Dana said, that's not going to happen again. I know there's going to be pushback. I know there's going to be, but nobody tells USADA what to do. It's what makes, I know there's going to be. Dana needs to win this. He needs to win this. There are reasons that a person on the day of, they haven't slept the night before. They haven't spoke to their mother because their tongue doesn't work, because they have no moisture in their mouth. People don't know what dehydration is like. You know what it's like to be thirsty. To be dehydrated is a whole other thing. It's an important, it's a relevant topic. It's hot in our sport right now. This is going to die down within a week. Dana needs to win this one, and USADA needs to understand. To close out today's show, during this past weekend's broadcast, Joe Rogan made comments about Chemayev versus Diaz. I want to tell you guys what he said and why I respect it. You're never going to get credit as a commentator. Like, life doesn't work that way. You don't get to go on and be a cool guy that people are cheering for because you were a commentator. Believe me, I've tried. I sit over each day in front of you two guys. Neither one of you have ever complimented me. I mean, I understand it, right? And if you're doing live event, particularly within the UFC... No one's going to tell you good, Joe. You got the cool suit on. You got the best seat in the house. You get to participate. Oh, by the way, we found out you got paid. I had to buy you tickets. You got paid to be. It's just one of those things. But I will tell you, there's a skill. It is truly a treat to have Joe. Truly. A post-fight interview. In sport, you've seen people go on the field. Very good people. Very good commentators. They go right on, right on the court. They go right up to LeBron, they go right up to Manning, they go right up to McMahon in Montana, and they do a good job, but it's hard. The post is hard. Now, when you're in combat, you're talking about a leather level of difficulty for a couple of reasons. First off, that dude will kill you. 
You say the wrong thing, he will shove that microphone up your ass. Now, you really do think of that, though, don't you? How much would you guys like to go and interview some of those guys and ask them tough questions? In vulnerable moments, challenge them at times. Get them to open up. How much would you like to go to the guy that was just defeated, who could also kill you? I mean, it, th that's real. Not that that would happen. I'm sure that's a real thought. Doing a post-interview in combat, they're painful. Unless Joe does them. It's, it's one of these things. And those guys want to be interviewed by Joe, specifically. They love it. It's an honor. I can tell you that firsthand. I had won four fights in the UFC before I talked to Joe. The first thing I said to Joe when they were still on commercial break, I'm just tired. I said, hey, man, this is my fourth win. It's the first time I've got to talk to you. But it's real. It's a big deal. And he shows up and he does it. Now, I got to tell you, I miss the black shirt. I don't know about this new outfit. I don't know about Joe Rogan in a tie. There's got to be some code. There's got to be some policy. Whether Ari passed it or Disney stepped in, there has to be some kind of a dress code that requires a tie. We got to run that back. Truly, we got to get black shirt Joe back. However we do it, we got to rise up. Now you have Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier is solid, but Daniel Cormier is separate and great. He's special because he's the biggest, baddest dude in the room, and he comes across for what he is, which is a playful, childlike fan. When the baddest dude in the room is the most jovial, you can't get around it. You just can't get around it. Annex got to keep those two guys straight. I don't want you guys to miss this. This is why I'm telling you this. I, I, I don't want you to miss what's happening. I don't want you to miss why when you go to a bar and you can't hear things because somebody's hooper and holler and you want to hear the announcers, you want to hear them because they're good. Annex has to keep these two guys straight. So Joe's out there saying what he's saying and Daniel's saying what he's saying. And then John's got to steer back. I mean, this happened tonight in the Kamara fight just by example. The announcers are talking about, right, Leon's out, he's sticking Kamara, this is the second round. All the announcers are talking about is how Kamara is taking it to Leon and kicking his ass. That's not what was happening, not for the first half of that round. So when the round ends, Anik lets these two boys have their fun. Then Anik comes on the very top of it as they're going to the third round, and he simply says one line for the audience. He says, most likely this contest is now one apiece going into the third. He said it straight. They were putting these heaping praise on Usman, which just isn't what happened. Anik didn't argue with them. He let them have their fun. And then he fixed it for the audience at home. So we could all go, oh, okay, you are seeing what I'm saying. I'm just saying, there's a brilliance in this. Now, Joe Rogan was tasked with explaining the side of Nate Diaz. So the way this works is the vignette opens up, okay? It's called a package or B-roll. They're, show, they're showing highlights. Talking about Chemayev and uh, he's captivated the world and everybody's imagination and this is the next star and he's undefeated and all these wonderful things and everybody's counting ideas and Daniel covers that. Then it tosses to Joe and Joe's got to cover Nate. And the way that Joe did that, in despite of the discrepancy in the odds, in spite of the discrepancy in age, in despite of the discrepancy of the record over their last five contests, let's say. Joe told the truth. He said, Nate will knock you out on your feet. Nate will submit you on the ground. And Nate is one of the toughest to ever have done this. I appreciated it. The truth will set you free. And as this fight is upon us, guys, please don't miss this. Please don't miss what's happening here. If you woke up this morning and you were of the mind of, I love Nate Diaz, but Nate can't beat Jemayev. If you were of that mind, 
how you can go to sleep tonight seeing that Leon Edwards just knocked out Kamar Usman and then in the very you're in the same breath you're going to tell me that Nate Diaz can't win come on come on sometimes you need these reminders sometimes you got to get reset you got to get back on main street but you can't detract to what Joe said Joe just told the truth he will knock you out on your feet he will submit you on the ground and he is one of the toughest to have ever done it And now we get reminded tonight that no matter how invincible we want to make believe somebody is and how much the media will get behind that, how fun that is and how much we do it as fans, we get reminded they're human beings. Neither one of them gets to bring a stick. Neither one of them gets to tag in a friend. They're going to weigh in the day before and they're going to weigh the same thing. There's not a lot of advantages here. You've got two arms and two legs. He's got two arms and two legs. He's got his thoughts and knowledge and you got yours. He's got his experiences and you got yours. That's it. He got short pants, little gloves, and a mouthpiece and you got yours. I think that it's really important that that gets remembered. In this sport, we give guys credit for willingness, for doing things other guys don't want to do. Think Nate Diaz didn't know he's going to be an eight to one underdog? It spread to twelve to one. Quite frankly, I don't know what it's at today. It had spread to twelve to one within twenty-four hours of the fight getting announced. Got announced at eight to one within twenty-four hours. It had moved to twelve. Think Nate didn't know that? He signed that contract anyway. What about that? He knows good and well his opponent has what he has. Joe Rogan, why it appeared he drew the short straw, told the truth. Nate will knock you out on your feet. Nate almost knocked out and in the last round defeated and won over the now world champion. Do what you want with that. But please, 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 please. Just for me, just please. Don't tell me Nate can't win this fight. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. And I want to remind you guys, although the UFC is off this weekend, one championship returns Friday, 8 o'clock Eastern on Amazon Prime. Speaking of Friday... That's when the next podcast is going to drop. So until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.